That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, Sidework fans. Here's a tip. Because you listen to Sidework, we think you'll love listening to Smart Mouth Podcast. Smart Mouth is a podcast for history fans and food fans and food history fans. The host is journalist Catherine Spires, a food writer who's pretty nosy about people's childhoods. And she figured out that talking to people about the history of their favorite foods is a great way to trick them into telling stories they haven't told before. On Smart Mouth, you'll hear celebrity chefs disagree about dumplings, Canadians learn how weird Thanksgiving is, and that there's a dessert called grunt. Celebrity guests sometimes also get serious. Jacques Pepin told about growing up in Nazi-occupied France, and Danny Trejo told Smartmouth all about the food in prison. Other episodes, like the ones about boba and salad bars, are mostly just funny. Subscribe to Smartmouth, that's two words, on your preferred podcast player. Oh my god, I, I texted Jocelyn yesterday. I was at the taco and margarita place that we've all kind of slammed in the past, the only one with outdoor seating, which we all know. Sounds uh, But oh. I was staring a hole through this guy... And I was just like, not an actor, definitely not an actor. And then he was surrounded by some other people. And then he started, the, the other people sitting around him who were being important and loud and obnoxious were like, oh, and then I was the band manager and something, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and then I walked out and I was like, oh my God, that was a Backstreet Boy. <gasps> and, but then I looked it up, looked up all the Backstreet Boys and I was like, no, not a Backstreet Boy. Oh. NSYNC. It oh, was JC. It was JC from NSYNC. JC Chavez. 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 That sounds, that sounds more like it. So then I ran across the street to the Left Bank, which is a thrift store we all really love. And our friend Jackie owns it. She's back. She's working. Just Sweet. FYI. Uh, and I was like, you guys, guess who's across the street at so, such and such? And I was like, JC. And they're like, oh, my God, we've been playing in sync in the store all day. And then to be a jerk, uh, which was so funny, she started blasting bye-bye. Is it bye-bye-bye-bye yeah. or whatever? Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Okay. So she put it on. Classic. Sorry. She put it on blast and on a portable speaker and walked out in front and pointed it at Salazar. I was like, oh, my God, stop. He's just definitely hears you playing this. Yeah, but loud. he's in a boy band where girls are allowed to act like that. So I that's know. proper behavior. That's going to be the weirdest acceptable life behavior. Oh, yeah. Ever. Oh, yeah. Where, where like, is that bye, behind bye, the bye. music? Because now all the fans are like 40. 
Exactly. But they're just as weird as they were when they were 13. Yeah, because so they're just going like back on tour. Like, New Kids on the Block went back on tour, and you should see my friends posting the footage of them at the concerts. Like, what? Sorry. Was fucking crazy. I'm sorry. You're acting like I didn't attend a Backstreet Boys cruise in 2016. Oh, I forgot all about <laughs> yeah. that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, careful you. what you say, Andrea. Thomas Thank you. I'm not, I'm well, even, I just forgot. I don't know if I should be careful. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, on what were you? <laughs> She's got a lot of questions. Uh, my friend was writing a book. Um, we we got to go for free. About the Backstreet Boys? No, just about fun, crazy experiences. Got um, it. We and had this is watched. One of them. Yeah, we had watched the Backstreet Boys documentary on Netflix, which is really good. Oh, I want to watch that. that. Full crying. We were, it, it's really a good, you, you had no idea. You guys have no idea went down, what went down. The trials <laughs> and tribulations they experienced. Um, so we had watched that and then we found out that uh, separately, New Kids on the Block had a cruise. Then we found out, oh, but Backstreet Boys does too. Uh-huh. So we, uh, she looked into getting us tickets, and they were doing a European cruise. <gasps> so we flew to Barcelona. What? And uh, got to sail around <laughs> Europe <laughs> on a boat with the Backstreet Boys and three, thirty-five hundred other fans. Did your body start to tingle when you were? There was a 311 cruise? You know, um, not necessarily. I still can't name a song they've sang. Okay. Amber, Amber, hi. uh, All mixed (laughs) up. Hello. Down. Beautiful disaster. Is Amber the one that's reggae-ish? I'm not not saying all of them are kind of. (laughs) It's rap rock. Rap Rap rock. rock. I I mean, don't get me wrong. Very. They just came out with a new album. (gasps) Thoughts? Review? What's the Joss review on the new 311 album? I don't mind it. There's some songs I don't love, but uh, overall, listen, I have a connection. 311 changed my life, (laughs) so I can't turn my back on them. No one's asking you to. Okay. No one is asking you to. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, All right, guys. Well, welcome to Sidework Podcast. We have learned so much about Jocelyn uh, in this intro. Her love for the 90s boy bands. I dig it. I dig it. JC, if you're out there listening, we see you. We saw you. I saw you as Salazar. Not me. You guys. So I don't know if you heard that Four Loco has now put out a 14% ABV hard seltzer. Mm. (laughs) Has anyone ever drank a Four Loco? No. No. I mean, kids were going to the hospital. No Being hospitalized for drinking Four Locos. Because of the taurine, the uh, the amount of sugar, the the alcohol in it. It was like ripping their guts out. Yeah, it's like a nightmare disaster combination of chemicals. And they started taking a bunch of the uppers out of it. And then I think repackaged it or whatever. But I love... Because wait, has everyone... Is this... Everyone's been talking about White Claw? Yes. Can we... Someone explain White Claw to me. It's just a... um, It's it's like a low alcohol... Like four or five percent. Like yeah, but they sparkling. just have really good. They're just like their branding is just to literally ask anybody to 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 say to put it on their Instagram. I think. Interesting. Okay, so it's, it's like a boozy Lacroix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Lacroix is all the rage, and people like to drink. So why not combine the two? Can I say for a minute? I thought it was called White Clam, and I was mm. like, You're wait like, a fucking. 
know your marketing. Like, like fucking white clams. White clams oh, are drinking white, it. All these white clams and the bubbling drinks. That's what I thought. But then I was like, oh, white claw. Oh, I'm dyslexic. Oh, I flipped the... I flipped it in my brain. But you got to fucking love that Four Locos like, let's get in on that sparkling water craze. Everybody's ready for the monster truck of Speltzers. <laughs> it's fucking insane. I only just drink a seltzer and it sent me to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about getting the devil uh, God, talking in your head. it tastes terrible. Well, when the, when the flavor is blue raz. Uh-oh. Oh. What's happening there? Blue raz. <laughs> There's no Z in fruit. <laughs> no, there is not. Nope. And if there's a Z in your fruit, yeah. I got her. Put it put it down and walk away. Oh boy, sometimes I can get her with a zinger. Hello, love the podcast. I listen to it every morning while I open up. Oh my God, it's amazing. Listening that. to the recent episode, and I couldn't resist sending one of the dumbest things I've heard come out of a customer's mouth as a one-liner. I work at a local Italian restaurant, and it's a great job. One evening, I had four top with what seemed to be a... Uh, I'm sorry. One evening, I had a four top with what seemed to be uh, normal people. <laughs> I take the food out and give them a moment to dig in. Before I was able to go check on them, the man at the table came up to me at the bar and asked... Do you have any marinara that doesn't have tomato in it? <laughs> My jaw dropped. Uh, I honestly didn't know what to say other than uh, marinara is tomatoes. <laughs> I tried to clarify asking if he meant Alfredo or just like butter noodles. No, he literally wanted marinara without tomatoes. Did this man live under a rock? What was his, was his first time eating Italian? We may never know. Needless to say, I was not able to provide a tomatoless marinara. Thanks for the fun, Cecilia. I hope I hope um, he was referring to ranch. Guy. He just calls ranch white marinara. <laughs> white marinara. <laughs> white white. You know what'd be better? Make the salad better. White marinara. <laughs> Bob, it's ranch for the last time. It's ranch. It's ranch. All right, so someone reached out to me on Facebook. Um, She's listened to most of the podcast. I'll take it and find it super amusing. I live in Chicago and have been most to most of the places you talk about. Hilarious. Unfortunately, you all would hate to wait on me and my husband. I'm a stellar customer, but only because my husband is so annoying when the servers try to take his order. First of all, he's gluten-free, which is a real thing for him. It's real for a lot of people. Second, he always picks two or three items and asks multiple questions about each item. He'll ask, which one do you like? And then what do you like? Which I think is weird, because rarely do I do the exact same taste as a random server. And now I, if you've listened to the podcast, my dear, you know that I love asking that question because the servers will actually tell you most of the time exactly. what's better. They're anyway, gonna... it's, you know, personal preference. I can just feel the tension from the server. So then as a former service industry person, to try to be super duper accommodating and nice to compensate. I've had a very short but horrible history of counter-serving and cocktail waitressing. My first job ever at the age of 14 was an ice cream parlor called the Fudge Pump. <laughs> With a complimentary name of Brownport Shopping Center located in Fox Point, Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee. It was a shitty DQ ripoff, which was owned by a couple who were our bosses. Anyway, one long weekend, the couple went out of town, and the husband's mother was our fill-in boss. That Saturday, my coworker was refilling the net containers... That Saturday, my coworker was refilling the nut containers up front and discovered a giant bag of chop. A giant bag of chopped nuts was riddled with tiny black bugs. It was the only bag in the back. 
She called the mom and asked what to do. The mom said to hold tight, and she came in to check out the situation. Took a look at the nuts and decided that what they should do is bring the bag of nuts behind the counter and have the three of us fill cup by cup, squish the tiny black bugs, and put the nuts into another bag. Ah. It was a stormy weekend. We literally had two customers each day. We continued to squish all the bugs all day long. <laughs> Towards the end of the Sunday, the sun came into the fudge pump and screamed, what the hell are you doing? And my coworker explained the situation. He proceeded to call his mom and told her to come in the shop that instant and then screamed in front of her, in front of all of us, at her in front of all of us. God. And screamed at her in front of all three of us. It was excellent. They went out of business that year. Hmm, you don't say. Later on in life, I took a job as a cocktail waitress at a bowling alley in Minneapolis to supplement yep. my hairdressing income. Anyway, I took this weekend shift. I basically spent five hours bringing super drunk karaoke people, shitty alcohol, and made the crappiest tips I could imagine. I asked the bartender, was it just me or the crowd? She said the crowd were all weekend regulars and cheap as fuck. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> even stick around. I lasted that shift. Thanks again for the great podcast, Sarah. That's nice. Right? Uh, My God. Someone like, just squish the bugs. I don't mind if someone like, I mean, being, having a gluten allergy is a real thing, obviously. And I don't mind if people are picky and ask questions as long as like th their payoff is fine. You know what I mean? Like at the end, I ask questions a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but the bug Good thing's night. gross. Good night. Everyone sit up. We had a, <laughs> sit up. We had a, um, in New York, the restaurant I worked at, we had barley that had been infested. And so there were. Um, you get those mealworms. Yeah, there's little wormies in there. Ew. And we had all ate a cup of the barley soup before our shift and had no idea. <gasps> Ew. Luckily, we discovered it before we opened. But I definitely ate that soup. And that's probably why I have SIBO right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. You can, you know, you can boil the worm to death where it doesn't I'm sure it was live. burnt to death, but it's still fucking disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah, you, you ate a cup of larva. Ew. That's I mean, we're pretty much all eating larva all the time. Well, speaking of gross, uh, today's topic, we are going to talk about dive bars. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It makes me want a dirty old gin and tonic right now. I love them. I love dive bars. They're the best. So fucking much. I was so excited to talk about this. First of all, before we dive into this, this makes me laugh so hard. New York Times put out, put out an article uh, that Grub Street picked up. Justin Thoreau, I mean, God bless, I think the hottest dude mm -hmm. in America oh. who loves and to rescue people. He's lover. also super talented. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. I met him. When? Hold on. Pause for Thoreau meeting. It was on a show. He was really nice, really attractive. Um, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful man. That Can't Jen say Ann. enough. Yeah. That Jen Aniston. Just, she, she keeps popping she, into this podcast. She's got, that much. she's got a good taste. Yes, she does. And so do they. Mm. They seem like a good couple. I hope they make it. They 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 broke up. Yeah, they broke up. Oh, like, I'm sorry, uh, when? Like a year ago. <laughs> they broke up a long time ago. I mean, like. Yeah, a minute it ago. It was like, yeah. Yeah. So they're single. not together. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is what's so ridiculous. Justin Thoreau and a group of investors are opening up a brand new quote unquote dive bar in the East Village cool. in Manhattan. I'm okay with this. 
Okay. I well, mean, well, if well, you've let's been unpack. To, let's let's unpack. talk about what a dive bar is. Exactly. Sure, sure, exactly. sure, sure. Because so I would here, say new, new construction is not a trait of right. a dive bar. Yeah. It's going to be called Ray's, which I do like a nice, simple dive bar name like Ray's. Okay. Uh, it's a new drinking den with an old soul. Well, a would-be old soul. Uh, let's see. So they've done the whole thing where they try and they're trying to give it, trying to give it the blue collar, you know, charm free charm, but like with all with painstaking detail. You know what I'm saying? Dive bars to me are accidental mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. What ends dive up bars in there, don't try too hard. They they, they just, just don't. Are, they are what they, they are. They just exist. Yeah. So the the few things that they are doing right, because obviously everyone's like, come on, you can't make a new dive bar. You just have to deteriorate, and then everyone will say you're a dive bar eventually. Yeah. But to earn doing that status, like thick, unbreakable, like tumblers for everything. You know how they the really low, like sort of gobbledy glassware. They're gonna do that right, uh, but they still have like twelve dollar cocktails. Yeah, that's and it shouldn't am. be a cocktail. It should just be a mixed motherfucking drink. I mean, it is the Lower East Side, though. I know. But I, I just I, I just find this hilarious, which made me want to do an episode about a dive bar. So let's start. And $12 for a cocktail in Lower East Side is a steal. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> sad. That's yeah, definitely... Is there anything left in yeah. East Village anymore that's, you know? Like... I do have to say Club Coming, though, is fabulous. Yeah, and you, that's you very that. divey and wonderful. It's we were just pretty... there a couple weeks ago yeah. or something. Right? Yeah, I did yeah. a show there, and it was amazing. All right. Well, let me start by defining what a dive bar is, because I was like, I'm sure there's an origin behind the name. So uh, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, the colloquial use of the word dive to describe a drinking den or other disreputable place of resort comes from the fact that these types of establishments were originally housed in cellars or basements into which frequenters may dive without observation. So secret drinking, mm-hmm. drinking without interruption, Very drinking cool. without being on display. I fucking love it. And I get that. So let's talk about it. What do you guys think qualifies something as a dive bar? Dark. Dark, right? Windowless usually. Yeah, it's dark and it has that nice musty smell of 40 years of smoking. Yeah. Which even though it's been banned for 20, you can still <laughs> smell when you walk in. You're like, Cause ooh. Because when, when they close, they smoke. Thick I mean, up in here. Oh, yeah. Some sort of annoying game that isn't annoying when you're really drunk. Like, like a touchscreen? Well, yeah, like a touchscreen, like a sex weird. Oh, yeah. photo, photo hunt, hunt baby. That's yeah. a touchscreen. Naked lady photo hunt. Yeah. I still hold a high score at the peanut barrel in East Lansing. God, I miss <laughs> naked lady photo hunt. Or like, um, what's the what's the one where you just like Round slide, robin, shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. Or even like a pinball machine. Pinball, like mm-hmm. something that is perpetually broken that's yeah. never yeah. going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. In Nebraska, they have this game called Pickles that's kind of Ooh. like gambling because you can do Keno at bars also in Nebraska, I don't know which what is either like a gambling mean. thing. But pickle cards are like you put in a dollar and you get like three cards and they're pool tab cards and they're kind of like like a slot machine. You get like three of something in a row. So, and a lot of the dive bars have them and oh, there cool. would be nights where we, everybody would put in like 10 bucks and we'd get like a huge stack and we'd win like $500 and what? like pay for our bar tabs. Damn. And, mm-hmm. Oh my. Okay. So there's, there's a quality lot of <laughs> lotto tickets usually available behind the counter. Yeah. Bags of chips. Bar. Um, like, like the Naga hide ripped and put back together with like duct tape. Oh yeah. Oh, duct tape for sure. for sure. 
duct tape. Yeah, nails and questionable like screws, bathroom writing conditions. on the bathroom walls. Yeah, not the nicest bathrooms. Definitely yeah, there not. There isn't a decor budget at a dive bar. No. Nobody no. is trying to spruce it up. It is what it is, and and it's like I'm saying, it stinks. There's a game. There's weird artwork. There's shitty stools. The staff is usually like all family or. They're not trying to be cool. They're not hiring a hot 25-year-old. It's like an 80-year-old dude yeah. who can barely walk. Is like in your, And you're going to wait for it because you're like, hey, it's genuine as hell. <laughs> if you're lucky, there'll be like a crock pot full of like hot dogs. You can get one. Oh, yeah. In New Orleans, right. they would serve red beans and rice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Where it's like yeah. it's not a true kitchen because a kitchen is not a dive no, bar. It would, it, it it would it's a someone bringing outside yeah, It's food. a little folding table that has yeah. a crock pot on it all the time. Yeah. All the fucking time, which is amazing. Okay. And then there's a shit ton of beer, but nothing is craft. Nothing is a special beer. It's just no. they've got all the domestics and yeah. all the cheap ass bottles you can hope for. And yeah. no, yeah, I was going to say no top shelf bottles, but. If, it, if you're ordering a glass of red or white wine, you're in the wrong place, my friends. They oh, yeah. probably don't have it. Or if they do, they, they're, they'll they say you, you shouldn't drink it's this. It's gross. It's like, like sugar a, water. A lot of them, too, will have like an old style sign out front hanging. Honesty. Uh, honesty. They're brutally honest brutally at a dive Brutally honest. And especially, too, uh, they're honest uh, about the fact that they don't really want to wait on you sometimes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And then just a lineup of like old man regulars like at the bar. So I feel like I'm a little bit of a dive hunter. I get very excited to find. The name of your new show on the Travel hunter. Channel. Actually. Fuck yeah, right? <laughs> Even though that guy with the spiky hair has the word dive in his show already. Yeah, but fine. anyways, uh, I love, you know, you've you've discovered gold, uh, which when I mean discovered, uh, you've walked into a place that's existed for 60 years. But to my new hipster young eyes, you walk in and everybody jerks their head around and looks at you, looks you up and down. And they're like, ain't never seen this one before. And uh, you know you're in a dive when you get a real good up, you know, you get scanned up and down. So you're like, I found it. I'm here. And I, it's going to take yeah. a couple visits to get the bartender to acknowledge that you too could join, you know, the, the likes ranks. of the, the ranks, right? It's these people have been drinking there for years. So, okay, I think let's start. Let's start with um, do we all have a favorite dive bar? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're dive bar fans. Mm hmm. Oh, fuck yeah. What do you think? Okay. What are good names for dive bars? And then let's let's say uh, one of our favorite dive bar names or a couple of them. Um, well, my favorite dive bar used to be called The Tipping Point, Ooh. which was uh, the demarcation line actually in New Orleans between the white and the black neighborhood. Interesting. Not crazy. And yet no, no Malcolm Gladwell to be found anywhere. No. That's the name of his book. Anyways. Um. I'm trying to think of other names that I love. Well, Joss and I love a place called Rhythm and Booze yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Fab name. Fab Brooklyn. name. There's a place called Dave's in Glendale that mm. we love. It's a fucking solid dive bar. I'm a huge fan of like the Burgundy Room and the Frolic Room, both in Hollywood. Both Frolic great dive Room, bars. adorable. Do you think they're, because like we got to really get down nitty gritty. 
dive bar, like those aren't divey because people go to be seen. The frolic is pretty divey. Okay, I haven't been there, so I'm not. I, I mean, I the frolic has been there forever. They have like the original bar stools <laughs> that are tiny, still like bolted into the ground. Three Eleven like, has a song called Frolic Room. Oh really? Oh, I was like, what's so funny? <laughs> and like a big mural on the wall about like, that bar. But the place, like the Burgundy Room, I feel like is like a. I think you go there for a certain ambiance, but it's it's completely dark and just red light there. So you don't have to be seen there if you don't want to. I think, though, it's a little too new. Like, even though it's not a nice place, there's a certain amount of upkeep yeah. that I've noticed. I, anyway. I find it divey. Okay. But it's also, like, hi-ho. All of mine are in New Orleans, though. So. Ah, well, I, I feel like... Miss Mays. Oh, my God. What do we think about... I mean, like... Perfect name, Ye Rustic Inn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, oh so good. I See, love that's it. the thing though, because I feel like the Burgundy Room and like Ye Rustic are kind of on par with each other if we're talking about like places. But it is very divey and neighborhoody. Mm-hmm. I There's nothing agree. better than walking into uh, in LA, especially when it's sunny all the time and you can't escape it. A walking dark, into a place oh, a like Ye Rustic room. where there are no windows, no windows. It's black. It's pitch dark, and you can watch football and eat wings and drink at 10 a.m. and not feel like a total nightmare of a person. While everyone outside is like hiking, just and went for mocha. a run. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's it's because when you come from the Midwest, when you leave New Orleans or New York City, and you come to LA, and you're like, wow, I do love this open air with the gaslit fire and having my Chardonnay by the ocean, you, there comes a day when you're like, I need to drink in the dark. God damn it. You know? And I need to be somewhere that feels like I'm not in LA. Um, and that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Dave's, that's why Dave's like totally tickles my fancy. Cause I come from a long line. Michigan has like the best dive bars. Yeah. No, I Very, mean, Illinois, all the Midwest is and everywhere has them. I mean, they're, they're so, they're so great, but there's so much to be said for being able to feel like home a little. Mm-hmm. Like I miss the actual thunderstorms. They don't have them here. It barely rains like three times a year or it rains for like three weeks straight. And it's all like sad, weird raindrops and just kind of like a mist. But at home, there's like these summer storms that come and just destroy the place. And then there's <laughs> that that smell, the petulant. I don't know how to say it. There's that smell of, of rain Ozone. in the summer mm-hmm. that is so comforting. And you just don't get that here. No, you don't. No. So, yeah, to walk into a bar and be like, ah, it's dark. I don't like, have to feel sunny. Like, some days you just need a break. Or just also, like, no L.A. bullshit. It's like you go to a dive bar to lose all the pretense of of any bullshit, really. You're like, you're there with one um, goal, and it's to get fucking faded. You know, and you might be sitting by yourself and start talk after three drinks, start talking to the other weirdos sitting there by themselves. And boy, do they have a story. I, I love this place called Stober's, which is one of my favorite. I turned a bunch of young kids onto it. And I, it's probably my fault that it's popular now. Um, my fault. You're welcome. But there was a lady when we first started going who would, oh, she was on her oxygen tank sitting at the end of the oh bar, God. chain smoking on an oxygen tank, drinking a white wine shandy. And I was like, I'm home. A white wine shandy? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> I also oh, love yeah. when dive bars have themes that they've just given up on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like in Florida, we have one called, I think it's called the Parrot Room, and it's uh, tropical, but it's just like old, you know when it's like old fake plants that have been sitting there for 45 years, and they're basically just dust? Oh. 
I love it. There was this dive bar in Omaha called the Mai Tai that was in the basement yeah. of a Chinese restaurant. And it was like yeah. my first exposure awesome. of kind of, of tiki drinks. Yeah. Um, and they had a menu and you would go down and it was so dingy, like the, like old, like the black chairs, you know, yeah. like the, and always wobbly, always holes in them. Um, you had to order at, you couldn't order at the bar. A server had to serve you. You were only allowed like a certain amount of like zombies, but it was like a little shithole. I remember going to the bathroom and there was just a huge hole with like water leaking, Ugh. like down in it. Just so divey, but so fun and so great. fun. And like a little secret club. Yeah. That you belong to. Do you remember the LNL? The on yes. Belmont and Clark? Yes. I love that dive yes, bar. That was so good. It was oh called God. Double L. It was L and L. The L and L. L and L. And you could buy beer to go. You could package and you would do it off all sale. the time, and then walk down to my apartment on Belmont. Man, and they also Orleans. had like they had like just a, a giant basket of tampons in the bathroom, and I'd always like grab a few extra. It'd be a weird. Remember, thing. it was a corner space. It was actually pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I'm. This is sounding more familiar to me now, but yeah. I mean, usually I'm like when it's a dive bar, and we're saying the Chicago years. I'm like, hmm, probably in a blackout. I was like kind of I mean Maria's over like in kind of like Humboldt Park area was the fucking best that place is awesome plus like you meet these people especially women business owners of dive bars who've been doing it forever and they're so endeared by their whole neighborhood Mm -hmm. you know it's really amazing so let's talk about dive bar bathrooms definitely the doors uh never close never Mm -mm. never Mm-mm. You got. You can't let your butt touch the toilet. No. It's always like a thin piece of plywood. The stall is made out of like a thin piece of plywood that's been like eaten away over the years. Yeah. Also, there's so just like, like the shit water everywhere. Or sometimes it's just close. one tiny little water closet that you have to like put your door on, your foot on the door. They're the worst oh, yeah. in New York. In New York, oh. you have barely room to turn around to sit on the toilet. It's clearly made for men to just walk in and pee and leave. And which they do. All and night. as a woman, yeah, they pee on everything. Oh, I went to. Where was I? Two nights ago, I went to, I was at a bar and I had to go pee and that some guy walked out and he had peed all over the seat. It's like, dude, how are you that bad? But also put the fucking seat up, man. Like, is your dick hole flappy? That's, What's happening? I'm all for Why, unisex it- bathrooms. If guys didn't piss on everything, because we, if you've ever gone into a guy's bathroom, oh. it smells like fucking piss, man. You go to a girl's bathroom, it's like a candle burning and like a beautiful music. It's so different. I also am so baffled when men do take take shits at bars. Yeah. Like, it baffles me so hard. Where I'm like, oh, you can like use the urinal one over here. Oh, you're coming out of my bathroom. Oh, you've taken a dump. Yeah. Great. Cool, dude. Maybe you're not supposed to drink beer (laughs) if it's having that fast of a reaction. Well, I always feel like uh, dive bar bathrooms, too. Like, they're definitely, like, nudies, like, photos of, like, naked ladies somewhere. For sure. Or, and like like you said, like a basket of tampons or a condom machine or, like, weird things for sale or for free in the bathroom almost always at great dive Or, like, posters for shows that happened, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Let's talk about... free snacks put out on the bar. Well, we did that thing where like, remember you found that survey of like, these are the state's bar snacks. And it was like a bunch of bullshit. It was like Illinois popcorn. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Says who? No, if it's a good dive bar. Okay, so the White Horse. Have you been to the White Horse in LA on Western? No. I've been to the White Horse in Austin. Okay, well here, the lady is like, a, f- a chef, but she's cooking all of the junk food in the world. She's got hot dogs. She's got crock pots with nacho cheese. She's got chips. <gasps> she's got pretzels. It's crazy. 
Oh my God. Well, cause I will, I just, a, a, a creepy little bowl of bar popcorn is my happy I'll take place. It. I'll take it. Or when they have a popcorn machine. Right. You just keep going, refilling your own. It's oh. real nice. Or when they let you just pop more for the bar and you're like, I'm a hero. <laughs> I'll get it going. I love when they have chips too, like bags of chips. Bags mm-hmm. of chips for sale. Uh, bar nuts or a mix, a little yeah. mix. Some I want to put my hands in the same bowl that everybody else has put their hands oh, in yeah. and then I'm gonna put it in my mouth. In your mouth. It, 60 it, years of DNA. Oh yeah. One bowl. Oh yeah. That's you how you fuck with 23 and me. Like, the diapers that have like weird pickled things behind the bar. Pick, pickled eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pickled like That's pickled a very cocktail Chicago wieners. thing. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to help with hangovers. No? They must. It must be something like that. Uh, okay. My friend Ken he went to, he loved this punk rock dive bar in Boston. And for whatever reason, the owner would just put out little bowls of potato salad. Oh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> I'm that just like, me out. I take it like a jello shot or I, I don't know how they ate it. I mean, maybe there were plastic spoons. What are the bartenders usually like, you know, saying usually kind of like an, an elderly gentleman or woman, family owned. Yeah, they're usually closer to the ownership than a tr- like a, a fancy new bar. Yeah. It's usually people that are relatives or have worked there for 30 years or have a connection to the yeah. owner. It's probably a little a gut on you. Absolutely. A little bit of a beer drinking gut. Uh, I feel like too, like not overly friendly unless you're a regular and a local. Uh, you don't get that special treatment, but it's efficient. And it's just sort of like they pop the pop the top off your beer, give it to you, give you your change, and don't say a word to you. But they'll they'll be right back to take your money again. But you're like, I'm not here, um, you know, like here to be charmed by the bartender per se. They just do their fucking job. You know what I'm saying? What's the best thing you should order when you go to drink at a dive bar? Well, you can always ask the bartender if they've got a specialty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get like a Manhattan, or you get like just a local beer usually they have a draft I got like whiskey whiskey ginger whiskey rocks I feel like two I feel like two uh, two ingredient drinks it's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. what you do there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or you get a beer or a shot. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. In Nebraska, red beer is a huge thing. What is, is red beer? Red beer is just beer with like tomato juice or Bloody Mary mix in it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's delightful. Oh. And, it, you know, it's it's kind of like a morning drink, kind of like a poor man's mimosa. Like which a michelada. Like uh, kind of like a michelada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just call it red beer there, though, because there's no fancy, spicy salt. Because yeah, <laughs> there's no, like, seasoning to it. There's well, like, a lot of tomato juice and beer. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's a big, uh, like, game day drink, you know, because football in the fall there is real, real important. Also, in New Orleans, even in dive bars, there's usually one daiquiri machine, at least. Ah, uh, well, for New Orleans, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. And, and we have, we have purple cleaned. drink there as purple well, drink. which is a purple um, uh, like frozen daiquiri, but it's not a daiquiri. It's like an icy, and it's from Lafitte's ba- Blacksmith Shop, which is one of my favorite bars, more of a theme bar, I would say. And uh, but I always think it, worst case scenario, go for the dac. Go for that dac, baby. Get, go for that extra shot on top of it. Well, too. Yeah, like oh she- yeah, a floater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's welcome to the podcast our good friend Beth Ahoyt. Yeah. It's just Beth Hoyt, not Beth A. Hoyt. But we had a, actually it is. My middle name is Anne. Oh, fuck oh you, you were then. right. But um Guys, don't fight. It's just beginning. <laughs> I we had a boat 
I just sent her emojis of boxing gloves all morning. Oh, <laughs> it's on. Ding, ding. It was a little intimidating. Like constant emojis. <laughs> anyway, we had a little speedboat growing up and it was called Ship Ahoy. Oh. Yeah. It, I love it. It was basically all I mem- my memories of it are always like taking it out on Sundays and it never working. <laughs> and harvest crisps i remember like just oh, those crackers go good crisps. with uh my mom on the water big fan yeah so i learned i was a flavor like i was a flavor cruiser like a flavor file like i like big flavor ah. i really do and when my parents were like stop asking us for chicken and a biscuit crackers Ooh. oh yeah because they're they tasted like they were covered in bouillon yeah or something, it's, right? it's, it's like be. ramen powder on a on a cracker oh, my so little brother MSG. loved him so much and to this day as a prank at Christmas, I buy him a box and wrap it and put under the put it under the tree every year for Christmas. I haven't uttered the name of that product in I want to say twenty five years. You bring it up because I was just at like a <laughs> summer party where someone had them and they were a talking point. You should bring them to a party because everyone's <laughs> like, if you haven't had them, you know, you're fascinated by them. If you have, you haven't had them in a long time. It's like they're it's like, so bad for you. Well, they're, yeah, yeah they're oh, not, and they're oh, well. so greasy and salty. Yum. I'm into it. Now, yeah, someone brought up like a bugle. I wouldn't know what to do because bugles and mirror, I find them very odd. Sure, because they're they're ribbed corn, ribbed for your pleasure corn yeah, and then, treats and or something. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what they. They're yeah. like witch nail finger bangers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> witch nail finger bangers. Okay. That's exactly that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Before we dive into it, did you grow up with access to a lake house? No. Ah, such a bummer. But I grew up on Lake Michigan. Oh, you grew up on Lake Michigan. Okay. Like, so- well, I mean, I'm from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, yeah. home of Stephen Avery. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I, so I'm, I was on the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you like, grew I, up on the lake. Yeah. Okay. That's a lake house. house. Is, you know, <laughs> three miles from the lake. Got it. So Lake Community, that's very much the vibe when you're, you know, in like... Yeah, when you start making a murder, it's oh, yeah. totally Lake Community vibe. <laughs> totally. That's what I got. I was like, I actually put on my bathing suit to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do have some Wisconsin listeners, so if you want to sh- shout any... Oh, partic- hi, uh, no. Don't you know? Um, let's see. Oh, that was my little song. For okay. Them. They'll understand. <laughs> so when did you get into waiting tables? First job was in Wisconsin. Before college, I worked at um, uh, Whistling Straits, which is like mm. they had a P- the PGA Tour. It's a golf course that's like modeled after the Irish golf courses. It's beautiful, actually. It looks like Ireland. It's on Lake Michigan, but there's nothing around. It's in the middle of nowhere. And they have um, sheep that graze this course. It looks like Ireland. I remember. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, it looks cool. And uh, a lot of men come up from like Chicago and New York to golf there because um, you can stay at the resort there and. Uh, it's expensive. So it's like mostly out of towners that golf there. And I had to wear in the restaurant, like traditional Irish garb. It was like a flannel. It was like a very They're like hot plaid flannel, wool. like, like, like um, a skirt. clam like a- diggers or a skirt or something. I yeah. don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't culottes. It was a full skirt. It certainly was not cool. No, it was not at all. It was all. hot odds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I remember these guys came up from Chicago, one of them at many tables that was just like a bunch of jerks because they're all like day drunk. And, um, you know, they think they're like in the middle of nowhere, which they are, and they can act like mm-hmm. assholes. And they were like t- treating me like I was, th- I was going to college that year and I was like, I'm moving out of here. You know, I'm not this Wisconsin girl. And they're like, oh, our waitress in the, you know, in the 
<laughs> ugly outfit, which was all true. But then this one guy's like, they just thought they had me pinned down. And I was like, mm. I'm more than you think I am. I'm going to college. I'm getting out of here. And the guy's like, yeah, what's your name? Elizabeth Ann? <laughs> and as we said before, <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> so you got a little taste of waiting tables and then off to college. Then so it- you went to U of M. So Beth also has Michigan roots, which I adore. Right. But you're going to have to remind me of the Gandhi dancer because I don't think I ever went. It was... Um, the old railroad station in Ann Arbor. So it was like a fanciest restaurant, but... Oh, well, then my, my aunt and uncle, they, they were U of M grads, uh-huh. and my parents, and always, I guarantee they were all oh, hanging I'm sure out there. they did. It was like the place you'd go for any graduation dinner and stuff. Uh, we also had to wear ties that had crabs on them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, like, like, I realized at the end of it that I saved it because I, don't, I didn't know how to throw away things. Yeah. And when I moved to New York, I, something smelled in my room, and it was that tie, because like... <laughs> You'd never, I'd have never well, thought to clean it. Because it was real crabs. It. You know, first of all, it had little, they were actually little crawdads that would hang off the tie. Because uh, it would like get dipped in like soup and shit. It like had so much stains on it. I never ever cleaned it. It was a fancy restaurant, but we had to, like very Midwestern, like we had to crack people's lobsters for them, which like in New York, no one would let you touch their, you know, would let you touch their lobster. They're like, I know how to do like, it. Know, yeah, it's the it. East Coast. Yeah. yeah. But in, at, uh, at Game Dancer, I remember when someone would order a lobster, you'd be like, I'm going to be in the weeds. Because you had to go get a tray oh. and you had to put gloves on and you had to get the lobster and you had to get all like the cracking cracking tools. I mean, it took like 15 minutes to serve one. You know, someone could order a fish dish or they could like oh. fuck up your whole night. <laughs> and one night, this girl, this like 12 year old girl ordered a lobster. And I was like, oh, this is a kid. Oh my God, I have to crack a lobster for this kid. And it always made me nervous. And then I went and got this lobster. And also, lobsters totally gross me out. I mean, I feel like you can choose to see them as the insects of the sea or they can be delicacies. And I choose the former. But I cracked it open, cracked the belly part off, and all this black stuff came out. And I started like throwing up in my mouth a little bit. And the, the young girl got so excited. She was like, I got a pregnant and then I started throwing <gasps> up like even more and she was so excited I mean that's caviar and she was super thrilled I, I, was, I was like I'll get you a new one I promise I'll get you another one and but then they were, she they was were actually like moneyed enough to be like caviar wonderful I'm 12 I love this vision of you just being like Bruh. yeah Bruh. and she was like I won the jackpot if you can give us a tutorial I think this is really interesting because I yeah. didn't learn this for a little bit myself uh, and most people might not really know how to completely de-skeletonize and brutalize a lobster well, let's yeah. walk, walk us through it okay I think I remember if and also remember. like I'm saying this is not like who knows who taught me you know Someone in Michigan taught me, so I don't know if this is correct. That is correct, but... But the first thing you do is you take the... Put your hand around the tail, put your hand around the body, crack it in half. Okay. So you take the tail off. So the long way. So you're cracking it yeah. in half. Okay. At the waist. Yep. And then... And then you gotta... You leave the tail, you take the very bottom... I clearly... <laughs> I do know that getting the little guys out of the claws was what sucked. You take like a um, pincher, like a nutcracker tool to get the meat out of the claws. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And then what sucks is the little tiny claws. That's why you want to do it yourself because it's good to like suck that out. Uh-huh. But I can't do that for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and then feed them like a mummy bird. To- There's a real step there too where I feel like it's like get your thumb or is that a crab where you're like a blue blue shell crab where you're supposed to like get your thumbs under the breastplate and pop it off well that's crabs because crab. you turn okay. around that's actually called yep. the bib or the bib. like the yep. apron and okay. there's a little and Brian's dad taught me how to 
yeah. uh, take down a blue crab and you turn it over and you flip the little nubbin up and you pop off the, the bib. You, you, you find the clit. Yeah, you, yep, you and... find the clit and then you pop it <laughs> off uh, for, for anyway. And then you open it up and then usually have like you have must, the mustard there, which some people like. I don't. But then you have to like, I'm not a huge mustard fan either. And that might be, I don't know. there might be some roe in there too. Mm. Um, but then you have to like get rid of the, like wipe the lungs off. After hearing those words, I'm like, <laughs> is it, is it that, lungs? Is it that good that it's yeah. worth like fighting off the like scraping away all those those lungs I, they got a lot of lungs. i love it and then off to new york and then off to new york mm-hmm. then i got a job in bottle service oh girl i did not know this about underbelly you. oh yeah i've seen some shit yeah i worked at this really weird place called frederick's it was on 58th and 5th it was like by the paris theater okay. underneath it so every time i went to work at 10 p.m when I'd be like, I swear I'm going to quit. I have to quit. I hate this. <laughs> like I'd be in the subway and everyone would be done with their day and they'd be all, oh, yeah. and I'm on my way. And I just be like, I have to quit. And then you leave at like six in the morning with $700 cash. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm staying here. They got me. They got uh, me again. Ugh. But uh, it was under the Paris theater. So on your walk, on my walk down the stairs to the dungeon, I would smell the popcorn and just be like, I would give anything to like, just go watch a movie. <laughs> so I'm going to this hell hole and like seeing all this horrible stuff. So we definitely have had, you're one of a few elite guests at this point who definitely did some bottle service, but just seen like Wall Street or real estate or all these weird bro moguls just paying, you're like, oh, it's $2,000 to just sit here. Yeah. And you want to know what like, else? You want to know what else? They, you, you pay to like get the table to to get the, to have us to get in the door. So you agree to buy a bottle to get in. Right. The bottle goes, you know, it lasts you like three minutes. Right. So they're, they're just p- paying money just to sit down at this table. And here's the thing you get Grey Goose. Usually they all got mm-hmm. that. We would fill with Georgie vodka. Shut oh, up. We would get in so much trouble. If I remember the first week I was there, I threw away a bottle after like a table used it. And I got in so much trouble. Like we save these. <laughs> oh, some people in the very back room knew and they would request like unopened bottles. But yeah. For everyone else, because it also didn't matter. Like, it's just a table of like five guys and other girls they invite over. They don't, it doesn't really matter if they get their system is full of trash anyway. <laughs> but I mean, this was bad things happened there because it was before cell phone. I mean, I remember I had a razor phone. Remember that? Yeah. So no one was taking photos on their phone, basically. So there was like, so you bad could do, behavior. And it was dark. Uh huh. It was easy to make little bits of money here and there. <laughs> and by that, I mean so much more than I ever did because once you're in there, it's like you're in an airport, you know, like you'll pay whatever for whatever you need. Yeah. So I would have, I would have cigarettes on me. I'd have Red Bull. And then if someone like some dude asked for one, I'd be like, yeah, it's 20 bucks for like per cigarette. Or whatever. And they were all high and didn't know what the hell was going on. So they would, or they wanted a Red Bull and I'd be like, yeah, sure. It's $20. <laughs> it just get, it was great. And you don't feel bad. No, <laughs> it's no. Like they're, like they anyone... want a Red Bull at four in the morning that bad that they're just going to give you $20 bill. So let's give it wow. to them. I'll take that money. I also didn't know about cocaine. I remember I didn't really understand why I drank a lot to get through it. And um, I'd be like pounding shots of tequila. And then after work, all the girls I worked with who were so thin were like, let's go out to this club. And I was like, I want to go home to my bed to a bag of chips so bad. Like I, there's, I couldn't even fathom. And I didn't understand how they had so much energy. I'm like, you don't eat and you didn't drink. How are then, you still going hard? And then I, like a weekend, I was like, dun, oh, dun, cocaine. Dun, dun. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> oh. What 
was required of the job? Like, what did you wear? I had to wear three inch heels, which I you were already learned tall. Well, it helped because then I could like see what was going on. But I also worked with all models, so I I Mm. wouldn't seem tall. Yeah. Um, I I soon learned that everyone was high and I wasn't, so I could get away with. My managers were all fucking disgusting horrible people so as soon as they got high enough i realized i could put on flat shoes and they wouldn't know what was going on also the back room was members only thumbprint access so so men imagine how bad the people are just someone's mouth you put your thumb into and then (laughs) 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 they're like that tastes about right it was owned by french guys there's a lot of like russian and french people oh cool like czars and or like princes i remember this one night there was I was really pissed because it was a Friday or Saturday night and the back room was rented out and uh, that would mean we make a lot less money. Mm-hmm. It was just like one group giving one tip and there's all these old people and they were wearing like tacky rhinestone dresses. I, I was like, who? Why? Why would you rent out the back room to these people? And um, and then the, there's one guy that was younger in a suit. And I remember I asked him what he wanted to drink and he just like ignored me. <laughs> And then the, my manager, who was already high at the time, was just like, give this one to the king and queen. Give this one to the king and the queen. And I was like, all right, um, pass this down to the king and the queen. Uh, turns out it was the king and queen of Denmark. <laughs> I literally had said to one guy, I was like, pass this one down to the king. It was, <laughs> they were nice. They were nice. How did it's you decide difficult. to leave this job? Were you just like, got to go? I got a job um, hosting Real or funny pet news on zoo2.com. <laughs> yep. What's the beer place that you worked at? Oh, uh, Chip Shop. I love the Chip yeah. Shop. Cute little Chip Shop. They deep fry anything. Mm-hmm. It was across the street from my apartment, so I got a great job there at first just on Wednesday days, mm-hmm. day shift. And because uh, they played football games, soccer mm-hmm. games. So all these British and Irish, British and Irish guys would come in and watch mm-hmm. the games because that's the only place that they would air them like 10 in the morning. They, oh, they six- would do the deep fried Snicker, Snickers yeah. bar. You could get anything you wanted and at just the bodega and yeah. they would deep fry it. But when I first started, it was just these men drinking beer. and It was wonderful. And then it got featured on like Ultimate Pig Out, one of those shows. Uh-huh. And then the summer happened and then the se- football season ended. So those men, that regular crowd stopped coming in and like easy money flew out and these tourists would come across the bridge, not realize like the walk they had to take from the subway to get there. So sweaty. And they'd be like, I need a Pepsi. And I was like, no, you need water. Like you need, you need a water first. And then they'd get their fish and chips, drink their four Pepsis, have a beer. And then they'd be like, and we brought in this, these candy bars to deep fry. And it was just, I and couldn't be a part like, of it. Yep. And you're like, now, not, not cute anymore. No. It was a adorable gimmick until the regulars left. Yeah. And you just, you oh, can't get that smell out of your hair. Outside the only thing food. that wasn't allowed is uh, Hostess, those um, cherry pies. Oh, they like destroy the fryer? No, because there's so much trans fat in those things. I guess that that, for some reason, that's the bar. You like, it'd be <laughs> too much fat that you're giving that to one person That was the one thing one that was setting? like illegal to serve, deep fried. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's then. amazing. I know. I was more of a hostess uh, chocolate pie, deep fried pie. I like the chocolate over the fruit. I think the, I don't... Fr- the chocolate probably is still in there, up there with the <laughs> cherry, I'm assuming. Uh, I know. It's <laughs> such not a worse than the cherry. I remember when I asked for one of those, like on a road trip, stopped at a gas station, and it's the first time as a child that I experienced heartburn <laughs> from, <laughs> from dessert. And I was like, why does everything hurt? I can't breathe. It's burning. <laughs>
When did you stop? Did you have a swan song? And then I know then I still miss. I worked at Boca Lupo in um, Brooklyn, which was a dream. It was a tapas wine bar mm-hmm. near my apartment. I knew all the regulars. I know mm-hmm. it was like a very neighborhoody place. It was in like a very residential corner. I loved the food. It's still like whenever I am really hungry and I play the game where I think if I could have anything, what would it be? It's you think of them. That, it's the food from there. I love that. That's a high compliment. Yeah, I loved it, and I was also where I recommend people to go. I mean. The prices were great. The wine was good. The, mm-hmm. It was all, it was beautiful. And I love, I actually loved working there. I had good friends I worked with. I did So then that. even into when I like started doing, like could quit there and had a real job uh, hosting a show, I still would pick up shifts all the time because it still feels uh, so good to like make some cash. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but then does. you love doing it and they love you and yeah. your little family that you, and they I love when you like come it. back. Yeah. And I, I wish I, I mean, I almost wish when I had first moved here, I had found a thing like that just to be like, here's where I'll go to like. Just when, you know, you need to like talk to people, <laughs> like a place that's comfortable mm-hmm. and normal when my, before my resume became just, I'm just out of it now. I just can't compete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to just be like, do you need someone one day a week just to come <laughs> play <laughs> restaurant? Play you don't have and, to pay me. Uh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind being paid, but I don't care. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with any managers. I could never do it's, it again. It's really tough after a certain age to be like, am I going to have like, like a 28 year old, yeah. you know, docking me. And like the obligatory and lunch shift, and I just—that's rough. I can't do. Yeah. It. I mean, I never, I never, I can't do it. No, it's really tough. I'll sell my body. I will. <laughs> I would rather you can make so much more money doing that. Shit. At least you don't have to work heels. So much quicker. Much when you're mm, doing you that. Kick just them off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Then they're off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I feel like what I heard you just say overall too, though, is just like, well, you had the shift which you didn't know about, which was. Yeah, don't wait tables in Manhattan. It's a nightmare. The minute you got a Brooklyn job, you were like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, I know. Everyone's normal. Yeah. This has a neighborhood vibe. Yeah. Am I being respected? I think I'm being respected. Right. Yeah. What a weird feeling. Yeah. What kind of life skills do you think it gave you? Oh, God. I have zero life skills. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm really, really good, good on at YouTube. Memori- I'm really good at memorizing. I remember okay. I would never write people's orders down because that always like, actually messed me up because I would try to like abbreviate it and forget what it meant. But if I just listened to it, I would get it. Mm-hmm. But no one ever trusted me. So I would like pretend to write it. They'd be like, aren't you going to write this down? So I pretend to write it down mm. and then I wouldn't. So I'm great at I have do have good memorization skills. Um, I, I, I really truly have no life skills. <laughs> I still am not a big foodie. I mean, I think I'm interested in people and I guess it taught me I'm good. At, I'm good at balance. I'm re- I can, Ooh, I can okay. carry a lot of things. I got long fingers. Mm-hmm. I can carry probably more cups than anyone, you know, I know you guys think you might be able to, but no, but I got short, short square hands. I yeah, do not I have carry a delicate, lot of things yeah. with my hands. Um, I definitely do the big trays. I can suffer through heels. Okay. Um, I don't even know if I actually, I don't know if I could do that anymore. Cause yeah, I was you like started smoking ago. so you could sit down. <laughs> yeah. But then I quit. That's good. Cause I got bronchitis. <laughs> good, good work. Yeah. And then here's a quick tip for anyone that smokes. If you have bronchitis and you smoke a cigarette, that's like the equivalent of like when you make a kid smoke a pack in the closet cause they, you caught them. That's what happened. I had one and I was like, it made me so sick that now I can't have them at all. Wow. Mm. Okay, so that's your tip is if you ever want to mm-hmm. quit smoking is wait go till you near get someone, bronchitis. Go on the subway or something. Yeah. Go on a plane next to someone who's coughing. You'll catch something. You'll catch something. <laughs> and then when you're real sick, you have that cigarette. You have it. And then you won't have any more. Yeah. It's pretty good. I feel pretty. I feel like. I feel pretty. I should market that and start becoming my own guru. And I do have skills. Mm-hmm. I can motivate people. 
tip, if you are going to a dive bar, just know, nothing fancy. Do not be like, um, anything with chartreuse? Uh, do you, what kind of mixology program do you all no, have? No, 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 no. Just don't ask for wine. Exactly. Don't and be asking for wine. You're going to get a two-week-old bottle of red that's like been complete. It's totally corked and nasty. When you ask for a wine, you out yourself immediately that you've never been to a dive bar. So that's always like I've dragged my aunt somewhere one time and mm -hmm. she's like always like, Chardonnay, please. And they're like, how about whiskey? And she's like, I guess I won't be drinking tonight. But uh, yeah, do not ask for wine. They'll know that you're a fucking infiltrator. Hey guys, fun news about Sidework Podcast. You can now listen to us exclusively on the Himalaya app and anywhere else you're already streaming your podcast. But if you listen to us on Himalaya, which is a free app you can go find in your app store and listen to everything else you already normally listen to, we start to get paid, which helps us continue to bring you fun content. Plus, we're going to start doing bonus content for people who want to pay a little extra for live streaming videos, special episodes, maybe some tickets to some live shows we're going to start doing for servers only. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks again for listening and check out Himalaya.